It's worth knowing what's really going on. This is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or, better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. This Friday, your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley! It's anger! Let me at him! Fear! Safety checklist is complete! Disgust! Ew! Ew! Ugh. Sadness is in the house! Oh, no. Hello, I'm Anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going! Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. This, my friends, is Access Atlanta. It's a new podcast that shares the best things to do, see, eat, and experience. AJC Access Atlanta is sponsored by Northside Hospital Cancer Institute, built to beat cancer. Hey, this is Melissa Ruggieri from the AJC, filling in for Shane Harrison, and we are here today talking with AJC reporter Amanda Coyne, who is going to share with us her experiences about the Miss Georgia pageant, that she had the opportunity to talk to a lot of people who are involved in that this year. And Amanda, tell us tell us about what, what, what you experienced. I mean, pageantry, it's, it's so vast, isn't it? <laughs> yes, I've been covering pageants um, first in South Carolina and then in Georgia for about five years. Just out of chance, I had to uh, find something to fill the college paper when I was in college. <laughs> and I covered Miss South Carolina and I was just fascinated by this crazy deep world, you know, that so few people are involved in, but has so much to it. Um, so this year I got to talk to three women who have competed in Miss Georgia in years past and who last year were the first runner-up, second runner-up, and third runner-up. Wow. Uh, they all represent um, Atlanta or uh, the Atlanta area um, and they all want to win uh, this year. And I also got to speak to um, a pageant coach who's based in Atlanta and who's coached 38 of the 100 plus women who will be competing for Miss Georgia and Miss Georgia's Outstanding Teen. Mm -hmm. And tell us a little bit about, like, what is that world like? Because, you know, I have this vision of the backstabbing and the the intense competition and no one's really your friend kind of thing. And in talking to a lot of these girls, do do you get a sense that that really is real or is that just what we see on TV and think it's real? (laughs) Yeah, you see that a lot on TV, but it's actually quite the opposite. A lot of women... Mm -hmm form really close friendships when they compete against each other in Miss Georgia, which is totally not what you would think. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm a very competitive person. I don't think I would do that. Um, But I guess, you know, when you're in this high pressure situation, you know, the pageant's in Columbus. And so they check in more than a week before the pageant in Columbus. And for a week, they're doing rehearsals, they're doing appearances, they're going to visit sponsors. um, And they are, you know, kind of just waiting to see if their name will even be called on the Mm -hmm. final night for to make the top 15. And, you know, for some of them, this is a lifelong dream. For some of them, they've only been doing it for a year but it's something they really really want and to go through an experience that is just so demanding physically and mentally um they form really close bonds 
And what, what is sort of some of the preparation that they have to go through to, to get to this point? Because I imagine it is years and years and years of training and etiquette and all that kind of stuff. And also maybe also tell us a little bit about some of the, the things that they'll be doing in, in competition that they have to prepare for. Yes. So there are uh, multiple phases of competition. Uh, for In the Miss Division, there is interview, which the audience doesn't see. It's held before the competition uh, really begins. Um, it's, it lasts 10 minutes and it could range. One contestant said it could you know, be, what do you think of the president or what kind of ice cream would you be? <laughs> Um, it's wide ranging and for some it's terrifying because it is really anything and it sure. could be very serious questions. Um, and then and you have like 10 seconds to come up with an answer. Yeah, <laughs> on the spot. Formulate your thoughts on this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then on stage, you have um, on stage question, which is just a little bit snippet of what the interview would be like. Uh, and then you have swimsuit, uh, evening gown and talent. Mm -hmm. And so in swimsuit, you know, you're not looking for someone who looks like a Victoria's Secret model. You're not looking for who's the skinniest. Um, you're looking for someone who's in really good physical shape. So these girls work out intensely a lot, do mm -hmm. things like CrossFit, um, a pure bar, things that give them really good muscle tone um, and kind of show that they're living what uh, the Miss America organization likes to call a healthy lifestyle. Um, and so they also, you know, eat a bunch of chicken and broccoli for months and months <laughs> ahead of the pageant. Um, and then an evening gown, they kind of just find what is best for them, what makes them feel beautiful and comfortable. And they have to have this really beautiful, like gliding, elegant walk. Well, the, the, the coach that you mentioned, mm -hmm. you said that he, he had worked in the north and then and then came to the south. What did he say maybe was the difference in the two areas? Because, you know, the north and the south are not always on the same page with a lot of things. How, how did that work as far as the pageant world? Um, some of, One aspect is that um, he told me that Georgia is right now the most competitive state um, for Miss America pageants. Yeah. Uh, so, who, <laughs> yeah, so whoever wins Miss Georgia goes to Miss America. And there's actually more women competing at Miss Georgia than at Miss America, I believe, this year. It's 54 wow. versus the 51 that competes at Miss America. So you're pretty well prepared if you win Miss Georgia already mm -hmm. just by beating 53 other women. Mm -hmm. um, and then another uh, aspect of it is that, you know, these women kind of come up with it more present in their lives. Pageantry is bigger in general in the South than it is in the North. And that stigma that there is, you know, in the North, you know, I'm from New York. Mm -hmm. um, my mom would never have let me done a pageant. <laughs> right. It's not like that in the South. You know, people are more, you know, open to it. They're not you know, they don't look down on it as a, in, in that way. Why, why do you think that is, though? I mean, why do you think the South, or why does he think, maybe, does he talk about that, why he thinks the South might be, like, you know, more more willing to go into that type of world? We didn't really go into that a lot, but yeah. a lot of it is just kind of the the legacy of it in the South. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of the early um, Miss Americas were from the South. Mm -hmm. you know, some of them were from New York and New Jersey, too. Mm -hmm. But um, there's just a very uh, cultural difference, I think. Mm -hmm. Well, you talked about, you know, how with the swimsuit competition, it's not necessarily like, the, you know, the skinniest or the Victoria's Secret model type or whatever. In talking to some of these girls, do you get the impression that maybe the mentality has changed a little bit about what makes a good miss whomever, you, you know, I mean, and that it's not just based on the physical attributes of, of somebody anymore, like it used to be. I mean, I think that's probably what most people have in their head of what a pageant contestant is, the most, the prettiest girl in the room, you know, the prettiest girl in the room who took the most etiquette classes and knows how to say please and thank you and that kind of thing. But it sounds like maybe they, they've kind of changed that a little bit over the years, which is a good thing that it's not just about looks. Yeah, like two of the biggest things um, for the Miss America organization, which is what Miss George is a part of, are talent and platform. And so talent obviously is something that you hone over years and years. Mm -hmm. You know, some people have gone through years of ballet training or trained to do classical voice or um, Miss Fulton County has done years of musical theater and she does this insane um, Tina Turner performance wow. for her 
talent. Um, and then platform is um, something where you choose an issue that's really important to you. And that's what you advocate for over your year as Miss Georgia or Miss Atlanta or Miss America. Um, and so what um, this system is looking for is well-rounded women that are relatable, especially to young girls, mm -hmm. uh, because they want to put forward someone who um, is kind of like an idealized role model. They're successful in many different ways in their life. Um, and it's someone who you can look up to and, you know, try to aspire to be like. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What, um, what are the age, what's the age range of these women that, that you've talked to? Do you have to be, I, I assume there, there's a difference between like being a, a little miss and a miss and that kind of thing. Yeah. So to be Miss Georgia, you have to be between 17 and 25. 25 by the time of the competition? Or... Yes. So like the year of, of the Miss America competition, um, you have to turn 25 before the end of the year. So if <laughs> Or <it's>... you're old. <laughs> yeah, you're too old. <laughs> um, and so um, 17, you have to be graduating high school. Mm -hmm. Um and so the women I spoke to were all in their early 20s, mm -hmm. um, just because they have been uh, competing for a while. They all have full-time jobs. Um, and so that is, is among their last years. And they're kind of hoping to get that in there. Uh, and then teen, you can be as young as a old 12 to um, uh, early 17. Well, you say you say like some of these women, you know, want to since they're getting older, almost twenty five, <laughs> getting so old. But what what is it they want to accomplish by winning this? I mean, what will it bring them if they do win the pageant and then go on to to Miss America? I, I mean, what's sort of the end game for them? Because I guess at some point you do you age out of the whole process, and then what? <laughs> yeah. So like the the end goal, you know, especially when you're out of college and and you're looking at a career, a lot of them refer to it as a year of service. And so they like to think of it as serving the state. They're doing, you know, charity work and community service work, and they're kind of promoting their platform and trying to make a difference. A lot of them um, like to lobby for a certain cause in the state house. I know in South Carolina a few years ago, Miss South Carolina was really um, driven to pass or to get a texting while driving ban passed. Mm -hmm. And by the end of her year, she did. Mm -hmm. um, you know, she went out to go to law school. And now she works for a charity in, in California um, related to, I think, sex trafficking. So, you know, she was really serious about what she wanted to do. And mm -hmm. she saw Miss South Carolina as not something frivolous, but something to kind of advance that. Um, and then a lot of um, things that even if you don't win Miss Georgia, a lot of women who compete say that, you know, because of the interview portion, they are never nervous about a job interview ever again because, you know, they've been asked every question under the sun. <laughs> and, you know, if they can go in prepared with this narrow subject matter in a job interview, they feel, you know, like so confident and so prepared because they've been forced into this kind of terrifying, wide-ranging interview. Sure. It's like a great life experience, basically. Yeah. 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 Now, remind us, when when is the pageant again? The finals are on uh, June 16th, mm -hmm. um, and they're going to be in Columbus, but luckily um, a local news station live streams it. So no matter where you are, you can watch it. I don't know that off the top of my head right now, but we can put it in the oh, notes. Sure. That's, no, that's, that's great. Well, thank you, Amanda. Thank you for sharing that with us. And let's take a listen to your story. The first runner-up is Conyers Cherry Miss Georgia is an elaborate production. For five nights at the River Center in Columbus, 99 women compete for Miss Georgia and Miss Georgia's outstanding team. The winner often beating more contestants at the state level than she will face at the national contest. There are elaborate choreographed production numbers, the stage flooded in contestants dancing in matching dresses before the competition even truly begins. Talents are perfected over years of training. Top swimsuit competitors are toned like athletes. Many evening gowns are custom made, fit to perfectly showcase the woman wearing it. Even the audience members take part in the pageantry. It's not uncommon to see women in cocktail dresses and men wearing suits just to take in the show.
Miss Georgia is incredible, and I wish that everybody could get the chance to watch the Miss Georgia pageant because it is a phenomenal, phenomenal show. Chris Saltalamaccio, an Atlanta-based pageant coach, has worked with 38 Miss and Teen contestants who hope to win Miss Georgia or Miss Georgia's Outstanding Teen this year. Right from the opening, there's always a huge opening number, something very current, very upbeat, and you have over 100 girls filling that stage, and the excitement is so huge in the River Center in Columbus. It's a beautiful facility. And during the course of the week, you we there's always terrific MCs at the Miss Georgia pageant, and they pay homage to a lot of tradition as well. They use some classic Miss America-style music. They use the Dream Girls theme when somebody wins. At least I think they still do. Um, but at the same time, they use really current music for things like swimsuit and evening gown. Sometimes there are live performers. There are four or five Miss Georgia dancers. You have performances by former Miss Georgias, the outgoing Miss Georgia and Miss Georgia's Outstanding teen. Um, and I'm a little partial to her this year because she's a client of mine, Annie Swan, Miss George's Outstanding Teen. She's such a phenomenal young woman, was first runner-up at the national pageant. So I can't wait to watch her and celebrate her that week. Um, but it's just a fantastic show. The stage is huge. The lighting is incredible. The music is great. Um, the Miss Georgia production does a fantastic job. They have for years, and it just keeps getting better and better. For new contestants, the huge production can be overwhelming. Chari Guzman performed for years as a singer and dancer before taking the leap to Miss Georgia in 2016. The stage veteran was still awestruck by the pageant production. She had only a few months of preparation between winning her first local title, Miss Rome, and getting on the River Center stage. So walking into it the first time, I was like, ooh, I'm scared because I don't know what I'm doing, but I know what I'm doing. But I felt so prepared for what I had done just in that short amount of time that I was like, you know what, just get up there and do what you got to do. Once it's out, it's out there and you just keep moving. So I guess I was scared, just scared at first. But then after I got up on the stage and started seeing the performers and everything, I'm like, wait a minute, Char, you sing all the time. You're on the stage all the time. You can do this. This is not anything different. Just get up there, do what you know how to do. Guzman finished third runner-up at the 2016 and 2017 Miss Georgia pageants, each time winning a talent award for her electrifying performance of Tina Turner's Proud Mary. Now the reigning Miss Fulton County, she and two other Metro Atlanta pageant queens are hoping to trade their top five finishes from last year in for the Miss Georgia crown. Brooke Doss, Miss Atlanta, has been first runner-up to Miss Georgia the past two years in a row. It is a very, very complex feeling, and it has happened to me twice. I stood in the exact same spot holding Miss George's hands, and it is a huge rush of emotions. Um, obviously, you're nervous. You're freaking out inside. It was funny because um, two years ago, I was standing there with Patricia Ford, Miss Georgia 2016, and she, I was flipping out. I mean, I could not breathe. I was about to pass out on stage. And she was so calm and so at peace. And she just had this totally relaxed smile on her face. And so I think that says a lot about how different people process those emotions quite differently. Hearing your name called, though, as, as the first runner-up, it's, it's definitely a moment of instant, I was so close. But both times, both girls, so deserving, so amazing. And I was so happy for them. Um, and getting that very, very up close and personal, I got the best seat in the house to see the reaction of Miss Georgia winning. So that was pretty cool. Miss Capital City, Paula Smith, went from top 10 in 2016 to second runner-up in 2017. This year, she's been examining how she can improve in the five phases of competition. 
every step that I take is to push myself further because while I was second runner-up last year, that means that there's something I need to improve on. So I'm glad for another year to come back to show what I have improved on and hopefully um, everyone else will see that as well. Before Miss Georgia gets crowned on Saturday, June 16th, each of the 54 contestants will have competed in three nights of preliminary competition, determining who makes it into the top 15. Over those three days, everyone competes in talent, evening gown, swimsuit, and onstage question, and endures a 10-minute private interview with a panel of judges. During that interview, you could be asked what you think of U.S.-China relations or what ice cream flavor you would be. One of the most important things that I believe in in terms of the interview process is you must be assertive about how you feel, whether it's how you feel about your platform, a controversial topic, something in the political sphere that's going on in our country. You must be assertive and you must defend it because judges are instructed not to judge you based on what you say, but on how you say it. You're allowed to disagree, um, but the point is, can they believe you? And if they try to back you into a corner, can you get yourself out of it? And can you stay true to how you feel? On stage, talents at Miss Georgia have ranged from Taekwondo and spoken word to more traditional singing and dancing. Pageant talents not only have to show a contestant's skills, but entertain the judges and audience. Doss, a lifelong dancer, has worked to find that balance over five years competing in the Miss Georgia system. After trying out multiple songs and routines, she settled on performing ballet on point to a dramatic, upbeat piece from Carmen, an opera familiar to many outside the dance and music worlds. I started out when I was competing doing contemporary and lyrical, um, some things that were a little slower and drawn out, and I don't know if it was really registering. I'd, I've got some mixed feedback and thought, but this is what I love to do. You know, this is who I am. This is how I like to perform. Do I really want to change that just to please, please an audience and not be true to myself? And I decided to get back into ballet because of you know what I mentioned earlier about it. Just it's connecting with so many people and relating to so many people. Everyone knows the ballet, um, and I'm very thankful that I got back into it. I hadn't put on point shoes for five years. The first time I decided to go back into it and, and do it for my talent, and I'm really glad <laughs> that it gave me an excuse or the chance to uh, to put those point shoes back on because I didn't realize how much I missed it. And now I you know performing Carmen. And it's a mix both of what I think really resonates with audience members, but also what I really love and enjoy. Guzman's Proud Mary has quickly become a favorite of the Miss Georgia audience. She tried another song at a local pageant this year, but will stick with Proud Mary at the state contest, lest she disappoint the crowd. When I first started, I tried to fit into this mold. I, I was going to sing, I just sang these ballads, and people were like, she can sing, but, eh, you know, it, it was nice. But I had to be so strong in other categories with that ballad in order to make that difference to win that title. So me and my mom, we sat down and with me having dance training and vocal training for all these years, my mom's like, what can you do that's different, that's gonna stand out and that's gonna show you? And I said, I don't know. And the past year before that, I had done the Motown show. 
and I want at the Strand Theater and I wanted to have the solo of Proud Mary that is what I wanted but they you know they gave me Diana Ross they gave me everything else and I just wanted to be Tina and um, the, um, one of my friends she always got the part and I was just like oh I just want that song and then I was like well why don't I do Proud Mary me and my mom are literally sitting at the breakfast table talking about this in the house and I'm like why don't I just do Proud Mary and she's like yeah that's an awesome idea and so originally when it started um, I sang Hero by Mariah Carey my first two pageants and then when I went to Miss Rome I sang Proud Mary um, and it was just so funny to see people clapping for me and like getting out of their seats and like dancing and it was nowhere near what the Miss Georgia stage saw it was literally me just shaking my legs and doing this and then I did the swims at the end and everybody just lost it but um, it was just uh, I, I chose it because I was free I felt so free and I felt like it, it, of course it was a lot of blood sweat and tears <laughs> you stepping on your own feet in them heels and stuff like that I'm like how did Tina do this but <laughs> but um, just feeling free and feeling like you know what I have something different to offer and then this past year when I won Miss Fulton County I um, actually changed my talent I sang come together by the Beatles and that was something more just edgy and different and something I wanted to sing and I got overall talent with that one as well so that was so awesome to be able to have that too um, but yeah I kind of just found my niche I kind of just found my thing I like staying in just having something edgy and different while Miss America recently announced that it's ditching the swimsuit competition starting this September Miss Georgia contestants will still compete in bikinis for most, swimsuit preparation is a nearly year-round commitment. Paula Smith. Swimsuit, the walk is half the problem. The other half is working out. And so maintaining a consistent workout plan is challenging, but it's definitely something you have to do if you're going to have a great swimsuit presentation. It shows that you're living a healthy lifestyle, that you're taking care of your body. And I personally have the worst sweet tooth in the world. I love brownies. I love chocolate in general. But putting that stuff aside and eating healthy is going to show your determination in winning Miss Georgia. Doss initially didn't think Miss Georgia was right for her partly because of the swimsuit competition. Walking on stage in a bikini and platform heels doesn't feel natural for most people, but she's grown to love it. It took a while. It did. Um, and when I started out and I didn't feel confident at all, I was never someone who had a super good clean diet or worked out regularly. To me, dancing was enough and I just kind of ate whatever I wanted and did whatever I wanted. And when I made the decision that I was going to feel amazing in my swimsuit, it was a tough one. Um, it was a lot of workouts. I got a personal trainer. It was a lot of diet changes. I had to really readjust my body to not you know, eating fast food and junk food and all of those cravings that we have. But I've learned how to incorporate it into my lifestyle enough to where it's not something I'm worried about. I never restrict myself. I eat all day, every day. Um, I have my cheat meals. I have my days where you know I, I, I don't do my best. And that's okay because we are human and we have to give ourselves some slack. We can't, we can't be perfect all the time. I don't believe in you know, a, a strict, harsh diet that keeps you from eating what you want all the time. So once I figured that all out, I was determined to win a prelim at Miss Georgia, a swimsuit preliminary award. And I did my very first year, and I was blown away. That's like one of my biggest accomplishments in Miss Georgia. And now swimsuit's one of my favorite phases of competition because I believe in the work I put in. I know what I, you know, I know what I've done. I know how hard I've worked. And I just get to go out there and have fun and show my hard work off. 
On the final night of competition, when each of the top five is waiting to find out if she will become Miss Georgia, some minds are racing. Others are at peace, feeling like they've done everything they can do. For Guzman, the two-time third runner-up, it's more of the former. Oh, your nerves are wrecked. Your nerves are just wrecked. Um, you think in your head, wow, I am this close to, to being at Miss America. It, it is really a gratifying experience. You really feel so happy because all like everyone works really hard to be there, so you don't feel bad. Like I hate to use the word bad, but you don't feel unaccomplished because everybody works hard to be there. Everybody's working on their body. Everybody's in school. Everybody's doing their own thing. And so when someone wins, it's like, wow, you know, I, I look at it as a motivator. How do I get to that point? You know what I mean? Not necessarily saying copying that person, um, but how, what mentally. And so each year I talk to the Miss Georgia because I just want to get in their head and just kind of figure out. And every time they just say, you got to know that you're Miss Georgia before you get there. Know that you're Miss Georgia before you get there, regardless if you win or not. Know that you're Miss Georgia before you get there. And so watching them take their first walk and just like, it's so funny because they're always shaking like, <sighs> and I talked to Alyssa this past year when she won and she's like, I couldn't even believe it. I couldn't even believe it. I, 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 I lost my breath. I didn't know what to do. And it was just so funny. And then after the curtains closed, literally like hair, camera, lights, she was ready. And I'm just like, see, that's what I'm talking about. Just watching someone do that and win the crown and being so close every time. It's like, wow, I could do that. It's like a motivator for me. Luckily, you don't have to make the trip to Columbus to watch Miss Georgia. It's streamed online every year by Columbus TV station WRBL. You can find that stream on WRBL.com or MissGA.org. By the time this posts, there will be only one night of preliminary competition left to watch. That will begin at 7 p.m. on Thursday, June 14th. The finals for Miss Georgia's Outstanding Teen, the Teen Pageant, will be 7 p.m. on Friday, June 15th and the Miss Georgia finals will be at 7 p.m. on Saturday, June 16th. If you decide to make the trip to the River Center in Columbus, you can get tickets at rivercenter.org. Tickets range from $40 to $85. Let's see what's happening in and around Atlanta over the next 10 days. It's the perfect sweltering summer show for Atlanta. Theatrical Outfit brings the musical 110 in the Shade to the stage at the Balzer Theater at Herons in downtown. It's a tuneful take on the play The Rainmaker, written by Richard Nash and turned into a 1956 film of the same name that starred Katharine Hepburn and Burt Lancaster. It was later turned into the musical 110 in the Shade in the early 1960s by the same team that created the long-running musical The Fantastics. An interesting bit of trivia, the lead in that first Broadway production of 110 in the Shade was played by Inga Swenson who would later go on to play Gretchen Krauss for seven seasons on TV's Benson. In 2007, 110 in the Shade was revived on Broadway with the incomparable Audra McDonald taking the lead. 110 in the Shade is the current production at Theatrical Outfit at the Balzer Theater at Herons, which is at 84 Lucky Street in downtown Atlanta. It runs through June 24th, and the tickets are $20.50 to $51.00 and you can get those online at theatricaloutfit.org. Atlanta's own Third Day has been one of the most successful contemporary Christian rock acts of the past several decades. The band's road to musical stardom began in 1991, soon after Mac Powell and Mark Lee graduated from McEachern High in Powder Springs. The band went from playing local churches to filling major amphitheaters across the United States. 
Along the way, they earned four Grammys, more than 20 of the Gospel Music Association's Dove Awards, and passed the 7 million mark in total career album sales. But now, after more than a quarter century, they're calling it quits with one final farewell tour, which brings them to the Fox Theater on June 15th and 16th. The band says in a statement, quote, These last 25 years of Third Day have been an amazing ride that we never in our wildest dreams thought we would experience. We know this is a season that is coming to a close and we want to give our fans one more chance to see us perform live, unquote. Don't miss your last chance to see Third Day Live at the Fox Theater at 7.30 p.m. on June 15th and 16th. Those tickets are $32 to $63 or spring for the VIP experience, which is $199. You'll find all the details at foxtheater.org. When the rest of the office leaves for the day, a secretary's corner of the office comes alive in her imagination. When reality and fantasy begin to blur... Her romantic imaginings become a Hitchcockian nightmare in paper cut. This one-woman show by Yael Rasuli has played at festivals all over the world to huge acclaim. It's part of the New Direction series of programming for adult audiences, and paper cut is recommended for audiences ages 15 and up. The show runs June 21st through June 24th at the Center for Puppetry Arts, and the tickets, which are $22 to $25, include admission to the performance and to the Worlds of Puppetry Museum, which has the largest collection of Jim Henson puppets and artifacts in the world. Tickets are available online at puppet.org. Atlanta History Center is celebrating the art of barbecue with a new food-centric exhibition focusing on the idea that this is a truly American food. Barbecue Nation also examines the political and social aspects of barbecue. That includes a look at the role of gender stereotypes and how barbecue played a part in the civil rights movement. Don't miss this look at a distinctively American food culture at the Atlanta History Center. Barbecue Nation continues through June 16th of 2019, and the museum admission is $21.50. For senior citizens and students ages 13 and up, it's $18. For ages 4 to 12, it's $9, and it's free for kids under 4. You can get all the info at AtlantaHistoryCenter.com. For more things to do around Metro Atlanta, head to AccessAtlanta.com. Our senior editor is Nicole Smith, podcast edited by Ryan Horn, music by Bo Emerson and Billy Guin, and I'm your host, Shane Harrison. Join us next week for more Access Atlanta. AJC Access Atlanta is sponsored by Northside Hospital Cancer Institute, built to beat cancer. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. From the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, The Monica Pearson Show. When you look at what you've become, what has it cost you? Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most powerful influencers, as you've never heard them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.